Hello. Hello and welcome to Dr. Scarf and the Prof. Yes, I'm uh, Clay Granston, Doctor of Marketing at Liverpool Hope Uni. My name is Bryce Evans, Associate Professor in History. And we have a very interesting podcast this evening. We have the theme of airplane food. Yeah, a special one this time. Special. Why is it special, Bryce? It's very special. Uh, I've recently spent a little bit of time in Miami doing some, doing some research, not just sitting on the beach, doing some hard research yeah. on the matter of airline food. I got exclusive access to the archives of Pan American, one of the great airlines of the golden age of, of air travel. So we've that to talk about. We've also got our regular features, haven't we? We do, yes, yeah. Uh, stuff in the news. I don't know if that's really a good uh, tagline, really. Stuff in the news. Food news. Food news, probably better, yeah. We'll talk about airline food, and then we'll have our little book section. And uh, you've made something for once. I have indeed, and it's a special dish, a special dessert, and it's typical of... Uh, airline desserts in the golden age of flying in, in the, you know, the Sinatra come fly with me when Brilliant. flying was elegance and ambience and you know whole cuisine and it is Cherry's Jubilee oh, sounds good it's a uh, quite a camp uh, dessert I think it's quite okay. a camp, camp dish okay. uh, we'll be sampling that later on it's a flambe we're going to set it on fire sounds great we'll see how that goes yeah. if we survive before we, before we carry on though uh, obviously there's the the, uh, the age old issue about our name, Doctor Doctor Scoff and the Prof, which you um, constantly uh, berate, deride, deride. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I've been thinking, as always, and taking uh, people's advice and, and feedback on some names, and I've I've got a couple this this week, which I think um, I quite like them. One of them could actually be a better one than Doctor Doctor Scoff and the Prof. Yeah, the Lamb Shank Redemption. The Lamb Shank Redemption. I think that's pretty it's cool. A, it's almost too clever as a pun. You think so? It's almost too clever for its own good. I could. I, I've got the voice to do the Morgan Freeman character, I think, and you can be. You can definitely do the Tim Robbins. Be Andy Dufresne. Dan, Andy Dufresne. Uh, Andy yeah. Dufresne. Yeah. 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 No, I don't. I think it's it's just as bad as previous oh. suggestions, and indeed just as bad, if not worse than really? yeah, than the current title. Uh, yeah. Any any, any any more? Uh, one more I, I saw which I really liked. I don't know how we could put it into, but. Robert Brownie Jr. Robert Brownie Jr. Yeah, just, just changing Downey to Brownie, basically. Yes. There's not much thought in that, really. It's not because it's really, you know, why are we even, you know, introducing, why are we even punning Robert Downey? Just because he puns with Brownie, He's and Brownie's a food, a food type. Yeah, yeah, I mean, that's, that's what we're doing. Okay, I think well, we'll, we'll just, move on. We'll from just those, have I to think. stick with Doctor Scoff and the Prof for another week. Yeah, yeah, which um, yeah. I'm quite happy with. Anyway, have you got some food news? Uh, I do. Yes, yes. Uh, I was reading online that uh, there is a, a a plane in America, America in in uh, Malaysia, where they've turned the plane into a fine dining restaurant. So uh, they've kid out as a restaurant, and there are three different meals, as you can imagine. You've got first class business class and economy as, as menus that you can pick so uh, I think it was around it was quite expensive though about 186 pounds something like that for the fine dining uh, the, the first class menu which I think is quite a good idea from a marketing point of view it's, well, it's this is great. really interesting people are generally dismissive of airline food because it you know so plastic coated mush yeah uh, as we'll discuss later it wasn't always like that it used to be you know modeled on the finest Parisian restaurants it yeah. used to be 8 to 13 course affair with, with proper cutlery, crockery and really? all the rest. 
indeed. Um, and so I wonder with this one, are people re- you know paying to recreate the the not great fare that you get today, or is it like there's there's one in in Los Angeles, yeah, which again is related to Panam. Panam symbolic of that you know golden age of travel, and it's two hundred dollars a time. Oh. But that's with proper, I think, eight to ten course. Really? Um, yeah, we're talking, you know, trolleys, we're talking proper, you know, carving of, of beef, etc. Not not just sort of plasticky. Well, I guess that would be, I guess one of the reasons for it would be that, you know, if you to fly first class, it'd be, well, it is very, very expensive. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of being able to, well, this one in Malaysia anyway, be able to experience yeah. that opulence. But would you really want to do that while sitting on the ground with an actress dressed as an air, air hostess bringing you, your, you know... And have you got those, yeah, even in, you know, first class, quite constraining seats? You know I mean, <laughs> well, it is, it is a weird thing to do, I guess. Are you going to be sat next to a very fat man who keeps spilling over the seat and someone who keeps coughing into your face and a crying baby? Running up and down. Running, probably, kids yeah, running yeah. up and down. Yeah. Um, In-flight movies, I'm not sure they do them as well. I think yeah. I can quite see that too. The true airline experience. The, the, sort of the fart fun. smells yes. in, in a tin yeah, can. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, at a mile above, yeah, yeah, yeah. hundred eighty six pounds for yeah. that pleasure. Yeah, you know, if you're, yeah, okay. Um, what was the other one I read? Oh, I read, um, I read about the fact that uh, that our taste buds are, are sort of repressed. I don't know if that's the right word. Yes, repressed. Yeah. Yes. And the flavour of salt is less by about. 15, 20%, something like that. And sugar was a lot yeah. higher, like 20, 20, 30%. And I think that yeah. probably it, it's, um, affects what they cook, basically. Yes, it's to do with um, the effect of altitude, but also cabin pressure, yeah. humidity. Um, it's the desensitization of the taste buds. Ah. So you find increasingly that uh, as airlines start to realize this with the jet age, with you know, higher altitudes, mm. that food does get um, saltier. Uh, more sort of heavy, salty, rich sauces because yeah. you can pick up on that. And actually, you know, the finest wines, the sort of the, the noble wines, yeah. if you like, uh, they they found through experience, you know, don't taste great in the air. Really? Sometimes it's the cheaper, fruitier uh, wines which actually taste better because of what flying dust you taste buds. Well, I guess people might be listening or sort of thinking, well, what's this got to do with food? history as such well there's a great history to airline food because yeah. so everyone really thinks the airline food is pretty bad but if you look back in the history i mean how old is it well in flight dining we, so the history of flight you know going back to the 1920s i suppose really so what's hun- nearly 100 years old nearly 100 years old really yeah yeah so doesn't make sense doesn't feel um, like you look at the first flights right i mean going to panama archives the first flights they ran on rickety uh sort of uh, fockers yeah, uh, and uh, they just give people chewing gum and a bag for vomit. Um, they <laughs> didn't really start so twenties and thirties. It's cold food, okay. which they pick up from hotels because they're making a lot of stops. Okay, airlines can't do you know huge you know transoceanic journeys yeah. at that stage. So they're picking up sandwiches, tea, that kind of thing from hotels yeah. and eating them on board. Oh. Uh, it's a sort of ennobled um, flying picnic. <laughs> First hot food. Yeah, 1930s. Just uh, before the war. Yeah, some dispute whether it's Lufthansa, the big German carrier, yeah. or whether it's Pan Am. Um, but they're certainly the biggest airlines at the time offering this hot food. It's funny you say Lufthansa, because I read somewhere as well that Lufthansa, I think it was, it was about three years ago, four years ago, they started to, you used to be able to order a Lufthansa meal mm-hmm. uh, to your door. I'm not sure why you would do it, but 
uh, they started being able, you know, people could go online and order airplane food. So instead of an Uber Eats or something from a local restaurant, you would instead have food that didn't get sold. Yeah. And then they would... They would economy. You, yeah, you could. You could <laughs> literally have exactly the food that was on the first class economy or business. You could actually pick it. Yeah. Um, which, again, is a strange, strange trend. I don't know why people... I think it's a, it's a bit odd, and I agree with you, because it's from the 70s onwards, with the opening up of the market yeah. in the airline industry... What, what happened? I suppose the, the high dining standards declined. Why? Well, when, when you had the... You know, from the 30s, 40s onwards... Yeah. Early air travel, early high dining was yeah. based. It was actually based on the ocean liners. Okay. So initially, in the thirties, it would have been if you're flying Pan American to Mexico or whatever. Right. It would have been served by a steward. There were yeah. no no female flight attendants at that stage. Okay. In white, you know, uh, waist length white jacket with a garrison hat. It really? would have been like yes, it would have been like dining on an ocean liner. Strange. Uh, then post war, yeah. with different sort of gender norms, etc. That's when the stewardess comes in for the first time. Previously, it's thought that women couldn't, just physically couldn't take long haul flights. So why why was it? Why isn't it happening now then? I mean, if you said the seventies, it kind of the seventies. I suppose there's the opening up of the market. There's the economy flight, Deregula- cheap flights, deregulation yeah. in the states. Yeah. Um, so more of an emphasis on price than than quality. Cheap I guess. flights, more people being able to fly. It's the democratization of flying. Yeah. Um, because of course before flying was for the very rich and that's reflected yeah. in you know the service yeah, yeah, yeah. back in the day was quite extraordinary and the food they were serving was was quite amazing didn't you say we were talking the other day you said when you came back with your tan from Miami you were saying about uh, that, that there was um, they were using menus and recipes from some big chefs and big yes. hotels so they, they they it's very much the the big american carriers pan american being the you know the the pioneering transocean transpacific transatlantic carrier models it on the parisian restaurant model and there's a particular restaurant called maxims in paris and they model it on this very much and maxims is a product of the belle époque beautiful sort of dripping in art nouveau style that right. kind of thing and they recruit the best chefs from maxims and uh, they sort of develop menus based upon Maxim's favourite dishes and, and Maxim's wines. As so, well. so are they cooking on the planes? Or? Yeah, they're cooking on the planes. Really? I mean, if you back in the day, your flight attendant had to have another language aside from English, had to be trained as a chef, trained in food preparation, right. um, nutrition and uh, food safety. Because I know now that, that, that um, food is only part cooked mm. and they're not allowed to open flames on flights anymore. So That's right, um, but we're going to see that later on with oh, the Cherry's oh, Jubilee. Okay, there okay, might be a little okay, bit of flame right. involved. But that, that idea of the rolling cart of food yeah. is taken from Maxim's. Right. Can you imagine sitting down when Juan Tripp, the founder of Pound, sat down in Maxim's in Paris in the 30s when you've got all sorts of stars like... Um, uh, Marlene Dietrich and and you know Wallace Simpson and people like that. Yeah, it was rolling carts of dish after dish after dish, and that's what the original airline food is based upon. Wow, rolling carts of, of good food, various entrees, all served with the liqueur, uh, yeah. and then you know the, the centerpiece being a Chateaubriand, the prime rib of really? beef, that kind of thing. Yeah, it's very very good wow. food, um, but that of course all changes later on. One of the most interesting parts of my research was talking to for, former crew members. Yeah. And indeed, uh, as you know, I had the chance to meet with some uh, septuagenarian and octogenarian former flight attendants. Right. What who, does that mean, septuagenarian, octogenarian? Old 70s and 80s. Right, right. And, uh, I don't know if you meant from the 70s and 80s. That was, uh, that they'd be old people. Yeah, well, they were, I suppose they were working in the 60s, 70s. 
some of them in the 50s. Really? Yeah, and they recreated a dinner, a, yeah. a, a dining experience for me. Uh, quite quite bizarre. I had to turn off in the house, pretend I was en- entering an aircraft. Sounds sounds like an experience. I was given experience. A, a ticket. Yeah? Yeah, and put taken to my seat. And then we dined full on, you know, caviar served with vodka is really? one course. And then beef and wine. It, 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 it was a beautiful experience. And so removed from what we imagined... You know, airline dining to be today. And did they cook it with the same ingredients that they would have done on the on the flight? So we were saying before about the sugar, you yeah. Know, the fact that it was so. Did it taste more salty and more sugary potentially, or, or was it? Well, did it taste just really good? It just tastes very very good. And in fact, you know, all the literature I've read that that taste buds do affect you know your nasal passages, altitude affects your nasal passages, right. taste buds, etc. That kind of thing. But a lot of the stewardesses didn't remember that. They just remembered a lot of them coming from you know perhaps working class backgrounds. Yeah. For the first time, they're tasting stuff like caviar, uh, you know, prawn cocktail. Which is very salty, I guess, anyway, isn't it? Exactly. And they didn't really, none of them said they, they take the food tasted any different in the air than oh, right. on the ground. But we know that from the latest research, and now airlines do base their menus around that fact. Huh. Because obviously with the jet age, planes are flying you know, a mile higher than yeah, they were yeah, before. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, back in the early days, it was a lot closer to the ground. And I guess it wasn't as air-conditioned in the same manner, and it yeah. wasn't as, well, it would have been pressurised to it some would extent. Have been, it, yes, back in the day, though, back in the early days, it would have been a very uncomfortable experience. Really? And food, of course, is a great distraction, because if you're in a rickety, yeah. noisy, uncomfortable plane, Dangerous. then you suddenly, you know, a bit of food, a bit of food as an entertainment, which yeah. I know you've, you've done a bit of I have, yes, studying. yeah. And actually, I was reading about this, that one of the reasons they still keep snacks um, on planes is, is mm. because... If you're taking that away from someone, they're, they're yeah. enclosed within a, within a plane, yeah. and you take away the, the, the fact that they can't get water, or, or yes. they can't have sustenance, yeah. you know, they, that drives people a little bit, a little bit crazy. Yes, and you, t- you look at the American Airlines, like Pan Am, why they developed that in the 50s as well, is to do with the sort of domestic ideal. That you can oh, go really? and raid the fridge. Oh yeah, you know. I know uh, British Airways did that for did that for a while. Like that raid the hamper type. Of you can, yeah, you can raid the fridge. It's like sitting in your your living room and look. Here's a uh, you know an air hostess who is pretty girl, but also sort of mother wife sort of oh, figure right. who will bring you your. Well, back in the day, you know, you're you're smoking away, you're drinking whiskey, aren't you? We could smoke on the planes, of course. Yes. Cigars. Yes. Cigarettes. Yeah. And were there any? Did you? You say there was a couple of celebs. They, they well, obviously. You can't say what celebs, but you could. You could were they? Were they? I've got famous? some great, great stories about. Because yeah. one of my questions to uh, with this oral history project with these stewardesses uh, was um, who was a rude passenger? What celebs? Oh, right. And, and there's some great stories. Okay. And, and one I can mention now, which is quite a funny you can story. Can mention it. It's in the public domain. Okay, yeah. Okay. All right. Uh, so uh, it, it, you know, I'm not libeling anyone. I don't think. Okay. Um, so th- so one of the stewardesses recalled. 1971, her second flight, Yeah. JFK to London. They're taxiing at JFK. She goes around first class, taking yeah. orders. Everyone wants the prime rib of beef, which right. was, like I say, the centrepiece of Pan Am's yeah, yeah. food service. Apart from one customer. Who was that? Who, well, you'll find out. Okay, yeah. He ignores her. Really? Uh, yeah, and then when she goes back again, he then says, I'd like the prime rib. She says, sorry, everyone said the prime rib. There's oh. none left, so. Do you know who I am? Right. He says, I could buy every effing yeah. seat on this plane. Wow. She didn't know who he was. She That's said, I'm very sorry. Sounds like that. a nice guy. Yeah. He then uh, sort of grabbed her by the arm and said, I would like you to go and get the prime rib off someone else. Tell them there's been a mistake. Give it to me. She said, right. I'm really sorry. I can't do that. Yeah. Two weeks later, someone to Pan Am head office in Miami. Yeah. 
board of managers, uh, there's been a very strongly worded complaint about you demanding you be right, sacked. Right, right. Um, and she wasn't. The, right. man, the manager stood by Good. her. But it was then she, she discovered that was the current incumbent of the White House. Oh. Um, Mr. Trump, age 25, oh. 1971. Right. And this was in the paper? She, she, she's, she's come clean about this. She, really? She, she, this is on record. Wow. Um, but there's a lot of stories about that, about rude celebs yeah. around food service. Okay. Because I suppose that is the, there is that expectation. They're drunk. You're drunk at altitude. You and get drunk quicker at altitude. You do. Yeah. And you're a vain celebrity. And you want your dinner. Yeah. And you're going to be a big baby. Right. So there's a lot, lots of stories about that. Right. Good. So are we going to... I'm going to prepare for you a Cherry's Jubilee. Sounds very, very, uh, very good. Is it, it, have you tried this before? This isn't... I've never tried this. Well, I have tried it, but I've never made it before. Well, when you say make it, I mean, because obviously I've cooked in the past, so, and obviously when I say cook, I, that actually means, well, actually last, last time it wasn't cooking, it was shelling an egg, but, but the time, <laughs> time before that, I, I, you know, I actually cooked something, but, you know, is, is there much prep involved in this? Or? Oh, this is very, this takes a lot of preparation, right, this right. dish. Just quickly tell me what the ingredients It's a it classic, is. it's a classic, it's a gastronomic classic, okay. it's from the French, it's from Escoffier, the great Escoffier. Oh, yeah? The great master chef Amazing. himself is credited with the Cherry's Jubilee. Well, in that case, let's, let's get it sorted. Let's, let, let's do this, let's eat it. Okay, what's uh, what is this? What have you made? I have made you a magnificent example of the classic dessert from the golden age of airline food, right? And that is cherries jubilee. Okay, when you say magnificent, yes, this looks a bit clunky. I think that's probably the right word. I'm quite hurt. Why? By that. Because you've the cherries, you've the ice cream, you've yeah. the Grand Marnier. Okay. It's even a. I'm, I'm going to now attempt to light it, as it would have been lit. <laughs> okay. I, before I do so, Good can, luck with can that. you imagine today's you know, post-9-11 world of safety standards in the airline industry? Indeed. Can you imagine a flaming dessert? It's a pretty weird thing to Coming from the galley. Yeah, I mean, what, what in essence is an enormous dart filled with... with, with Fuel flying at hundreds and hundreds. Of yeah. yeah. Well, listen. You and, have a and, go. and according to my sources, they had to actually stop doing this because nervous flyers. Really. Um, imagine if you're a nervous flyer. Yeah, I am. I am a nervous flyer. Are you? Actually, yeah, Bit yeah. of turbulence sets you off. Imagine then if you like saw it. flames coming from the galley. Like I remember the worst thing that ever happened to me. We we're just about to take off, and this, you know, at the bottom of the runway, just yeah. about to take off, and this woman looked at me and said, right in my eyes, and said. We're not going to make it. And then the, the, the plane started up and we went. That was but imagine terrible. that. And imagine, imagine having that experience. And then, you know, you're looking forward to a bit of food. You can smell the food coming from the gap. Yeah. Suddenly, <sighs> this is on fire. Yeah, a lot of nervous good. passengers. So they actually got rid of this, which is a shame because this is actually a dish attributed to the great Escoffier. You mentioned it before, yeah. yeah. The great, the master chef, the, yeah. the, the, the greatest, you know, gastronome ever. Escoffier invented cherries, is credited with inventing cherries jubilee in 1897 mm. for the diamond jubilee of Queen Victoria. Oh, really? When he was based in the Savoy, or was it the Ritz in London? One of the Okay, so it's the coronation chicken of the dessert world, almost. It is indeed. It's a yeah. classic. It's a beautiful dish. Um, it's dripping in booze. Grand Marnier, yeah. <laughs> I can see that, yeah. Okay, should we try and rice it? Go on, let's, then. Uh, have a go. Let's. Uh, th there we go. 
Well, <laughs> yeah, yeah, good sound effect. Um, it's not working. Like a 747's engine's <laughs> rumbling yeah. off the tarmac. It's we not have, working. It's there's, not a little, there's a little flame. There is a little flame. A little blue. I'll take there a picture are. of that. And <laughs> okay, so, so we'll pretend that there's some flame. We're going to try some. What ice cream ah, have you got here? I'm guessing lovely. you've got some, some, some oh, you know, really lovely. good ice cream. Or is this, uh, is this some sort of Sainsbury soft scoop? Or? No, this is... Um, well, this is your know, classic vanilla. Made at home. Yeah. Yeah, okay. Um, fresh cherries. Nice fresh cherries. I come clean. I couldn't get hold of fresh cherries. Right. Um, I thought that in the supermarket age, seasonality was no longer a factor, but well, apparently with cherries, it's too early for cherries, apparently. Although I thought they were quite an early fruit. But really, really strong. The really liqueur, strong. yeah. It's tasty, though. Really tasty. Now, what they used to do on Panam, they'd kind of have a version of this. And again, this is so contrary to this current age of airline safety that we're living in now today. Not only would they serve it flambe in, in flames, so you're a nervous fire, you see flames coming <laughs> from the galley. Yeah. But also, they would do a sort of variation on another Escoffier classic. Right. So um, Escoffier also, uh, in, in the late Victorian period, developed, developed something which he called the bomb nero. Okay. It's, it's a basically an ice cream bomb. Right. Um, so again, the, 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 the very obvious, I mean, I don't want to break into dark humour here, but yeah. you know, as they would call it on first-class dining and transatlantic flights, the, the ice, they'd serve the ice cream bomb. Right. Which, you know... Isn't very good. Certain words you don't want to really use on transatlantic flights. We know even now, in, in the in-flight movies, they cut out any... Um, planes falling out planes of the sky. Di uh, planes in distress or, or mm. anything like that. They cut them out of the movies completely. Really? So I was watching... I can't remember what film I was watching, but there was a scene... I'd seen before where there was something that happened. What about movies where the plane falling out of the sky is integral to the plot, like United 19... I think it's just probably just a very short version of it. Like short, a three minute. They don't take off. They land safely. No, but happy they, before they... So they would serve... They would, in the golden age, before mm. airline food became crap, in the golden age, you'd have a version of this. Imagine. Cherry's Jubilee from the great Escoffier... Reflective of the fact that, you know, high, it was high dining for the elite at the time. Yeah. And they had a version of the ice cream bomb, right. which involved dry, uh, dry ice. Oh, really? So again, imagine you're a nervous fire. Not only do you see flames coming from the galley, but you smoke. see what you think is smoke. Yeah. So again, it's something that had to be relegated. It's, it's, a, it's a, a little known icon of the golden age of airline food, this. Because it's not served anymore. Certainly not a flame. No, well, this is the first time I've had um, cherries and ice cream. Well, what do you think? It's good. It's really good, actually. Um, I mean, the presentation is lacking somewhat. I mean, um, I don't know. Whatever you mean. Well, you, what you mean we're not we're not aboard a seven four seven. No, there's no book. You know, it just looks. I'm right. not. I'm not dressed as a stewardess. It looks like you 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 sort of scooped the ice cream with a knife. Um, you know, not. I'd imagine when you had it, because you said you've had this, that mm -hmm. they had a really nice ball of ice cream. The cherries were fresh. And there was a good, nice, you know, flame. What I've done this evening, Clay, is I've served this in the rustic spirit of your <laughs> French bistro. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah. yeah it looks yeah, like um, it. It tastes good. That's the main thing. That's the main thing. It's a feast on the senses, but not... Well, the one sense it's, it's missing out on is, is obviously the, um, the way it looks. Sorry. But you've got to imagine eating this. I mean, you know, airline food today is mush. Imagine back in the day, 13 courses... That's pretty caviar cool. with vodka. Did you say there was bars as well? There's bars, yes. You're smoking, you're drinking. 
it, it's it's recreating the sort of that sort of clobbiness yeah. of the fifties. And this is in the age where not a lot of people could afford to fly. Now again, in the seventies, that all changes. It's all economy. Yeah. Uh, you know, airline meals become processed and sort of mass packaged. What Pan American actually did was mm. pioneer airline food as it is today as well. In the late forties, they yeah. they team up with this Parisian restaurant, Maxims. You were saying before, yeah. And they, but they start the, the flash freezing of food. Food is prepared in Paris, flash frozen, and then distributed around the world. Wow. It's the model which the, every airline pursues today through the big conglomerate um, Sky Shifts. Yeah. Who supply all the food, basically. Wow. I was saying, I was saying before, they, they didn't, you know, they don't cook now. I was saying, I uh, read somewhere else that there's a lot of chefs, uh, well, a lot of big chefs, obviously, um, mm-hmm. Ramsey, recent, uh, most recently in the last few years, obviously lambasted airline food as well and um, Heston Blumenthal yeah. was recruited by British Airways really they, you know they, they still do recruit chefs it's strange isn't it how the big chefs that the big celebrity chefs get that get pulled in and uh, you know it's, it's sort of you know seen as, as a way to sort of zhuzh it up almost mm. put the name next to it as well as as well as the good food mm. but um, I was what was I reading it was something about um, oh I can't remember now go on what were you saying well, about this dish, you've the ice cream bomb, you've the cherries jubilee. You just can't imagine it today. No. It's like the fact that they'd be going through the cabin with, you know, all the serving implements that you need mm. to serve f- proper, you know, high dining. And how many people are on this? I mean, are they, are they t- big planes? Or? We're talking big 747s, roomy, big yeah. galleys. Uh, but, you know, the, the, the knives, the... the um, Carving instruments again, all that's gone out the window these days because the security to do with flying. So, flying used to be a much more pleasant experience, a much more boozy, foodie experience. A lot less distractions in those days. Yeah. These days, of course, you've every distraction you could want. Food is probably kind of maybe a side issue today. It used to be the main, the main well, thing. Well, I often, I often, <clears throat> when, when I teach students on, on a price and low price carriers of, of, um, of planes, I often say to them, What would you know, do you enjoy flying on said plane? You wouldn't get this from Ryanair. No, no, no. But they, they would say, you know, we, I only go on, it's not about the food anymore. It's about trying to get A to B as quickly mm. and as cheaply as possible. Mm. And, you know, we've lost a bit of magic, it feels like, you know. There was a bit of magic to it. Yeah. There was clearly a bit of magic. Everything from the design of the uniforms, you know, from designers like the great designers like Eva Pigon to yeah. the great chefs, the great restaurants, you know, the, the sourcing of the wines... Um, the science attached to that. I mean, there's still there still is this. I think I think we're probably, you know, I don't want to come across that there, there aren't planes that are still doing this and carriers that are still doing oh, yeah. it. But but there are that are still doing this really high end. But it's not as prevalent as it was. I think it's the uh, you you know, as we were saying before before it was deregulated. You know, mm. deregulated. You've got big, you've good carriers doing really good food today. You know, Emirates. Yeah. Turkish Airlines. To name a few, there are. To name a few, ones, of so. course, there are there many others. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but um, I think it's the security concerns which have sort of killed the the, the dining style and, price, and service. Though, surely, price as well. I mean, if you're selling a ticket for you know fifty pounds or sixty dollars, mm. you can't factor in a, a massive ten course meal into that price. I mean, even saying that though, I mean, when you do buy a first class ticket, mm. the food you're buying is you know. It's when you think about it, the difference in in price is what you get a bigger seat and a better meal. It's 
you're talking thousands of pounds. Yeah. I mean, it, it, apart from being in the air, it seems like the only but, but time. But they, they don't cook it. They cook anything anymore. They used to cook on boards. You yeah. know, they, that would, and if you're in first class, preparing it, you know, omelets. Um, again, altitude does funny things to eggs. You've got to be very careful that your omelet doesn't turn green. Really? Yeah. Uh, but green. you know, with the, you know, omelets freshly prepared, bit of sherry. Well, how did they turn green? What are the, who? One of the ladies tell you that as well. That's to do with with um, increased altitude mm. uh, and that. How and, strange! And uh, humidity does that to eggs. So anyway, a couple of recommendations. If anyone's interested in reading on the history of our yeah, own food, yeah. book book section. Um, well, there's not. Do you a think lot. of a good name for the book section, by the way? Book books corner. <laughs> That's awful. That's awful. Co- li- library corner. That's equally as bad. Um, we'll just say the books. The books section. The books part alcove yeah uh, so some interesting treasure trove works on airline food there's not many yeah most of them are uh, racy memoirs by um, really? uh, purses stewardesses who were in the business right which don't tend to be very academic okay but good crack um, so there's a lot of those memoirs best I've read a guy called George Banks um, who had a very long career in various airlines, Emirates, British Caledonian, British Airways. Right. He, uh, Gourmet and Glamour, I think his, his book is called. Typically, and you know, as an industry and in terms of food service, it's terribly camp uh, and, and wonderful for it. Yeah. Uh, so there's that book. Uh, another I'd recommend, Richard Foss, uh, is a general history of airline food. Okay. Um, not a fantastic source base to that book, but it's a good general introduction. And most of these just sort of personal accounts. And most of them are personal accounts of, of, of you know stewards, stewardesses. Again, yeah, you know, the gender thing is really interesting. Yeah. Um, in terms of food preparation, etc., from the fifties right up to the mid seventies, it was a female thing. And why was? Why do you think that was? Or did, was it? Was it sort of standards of the age? It's the really? standards of the age. It used to be. Male, all male team from the sort of 20s up to the 50s, then oh. it just becomes all female. And Which is strange because the way we remember, you know, stereotype, yeah, the archetypal, uh, you know, stewardess. Mother, uh, simultaneously pretty girl. Yeah. Um, so there's an awful lot of sort of gender expectations going on. Changes in the mid 70s, of course. Um, one of the things these people had to put up with was regular weight checks. Really? Yeah. Which was quite difficult because obviously you'd be sampling the best food up there caviar, your ice cream bomb. Yeah, you know things like that, that you, and you're putting on a few pounds. Yeah, they'd have regular weight checks uh, right up into the nineties. They'd have to wear girdles a lot of the time. So there's that a lot. You don't lose weight by wearing a girdle. No, but you, you you mask it. But <laughs> there's there's an awful lot of uh, there's an awful lot of very racist and sexist undertones oh. to the golden age of, of okay. as you'd expect of the golden age of flying. But you know we have lost something there because. There was a, a really good standard the, of high The dining. service, you mean? That, the that. service, the haute cuisine, the, the inspiration from the French, all that is gone. Excellent. Well, I think we'll leave it there, and um, I guess we'll have to wait and see what, we, what, what delights you're going to cook for us next time. It's your time to cook next time. No? Is it me? Well, I, I cooked... You've cooked twice. Well, I've cooked once yeah. and shelled an egg and... You've you've scooped well scooped ice cream out or no no I've provided you with clawed out with your cherries jubilee and open a can of cherries yeah yeah bon right well you can you can wrap it up like that but yeah it's your turn definitely next time anyway this has been Dr Scott from the Prof Airline yeah. Food Lamb Shank Redemption see you later bye.